joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host. And today we're going to dive into the subject of uh, depression, because as you all know, that can create a lot of stress for us in our lives, uh, whether it's internally within our mind and our body, of course, or externally for, the, you know, with regards to those that are around us. Um, it's something that um, can cause a lot of, you know, challenges with um, regards to us maintaining a blissful lifestyle. Today's guest is going to enlighten us on this this very topic. His name is Craig, let me see if I get it right, Merriweather. Craig Merriweather has been described as a wake-up call, giving people the tools and information they need to energize and revitalize their lives, enabling them to end depression and create a life of happiness. It's all what we're about on Blissful Living. Now, Craig is the author of, a, of the best-selling programs, Mind Mastery Blueprint and Depression 180, about which Wendy Love, creator and author of the award-winning blog, DepressionGateway.com, says is one of the best, most thorough books on depression that she's read. So now I just want to open up the show and welcome Craig Merriweather to Blissful Living. How are you, Craig? Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm doing really great. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you for um, saying yes to the opportunity to be a guest on the show. You have a subject that I know um, that we can dis- that we're going to discuss has uh, touched many lives, meaning people have had some type of experience with it, whether personally, indirectly, you know, or something like that. And so um, I think it's great that you agreed to be on the show. And I just want to jump in because I know we could have a lot more to talk about than what we can get accomplished in the hour that we're going to spend together. Um, Now, just to give the listeners a little bit of background, you struggled with depression for a long time. What caused you to turn your life around? Oh, uh, well, yeah, like, like you say, yeah, it was, it was a really long time. And, and uh, I, I think my real kind of issue with depression is it just ended up feeling normal to me. This was the normal way of healing. And um, it just became a sort of uh, drudgery to get up in the morning. And the the problems... Um, in my life weren't insurmountable, uh, let's say, but but it just kind of started weighing down on me, and it finally got to a point. This is after uh, many years, actually. It got to a point where um, I, I just realized I, I didn't want to go on anymore. It was it was it was a struggle to get up in the morning. It was a struggle to just find basic joy and fun in life, and I just thought, you know, if if this is the way life is going to be. 
for the next 50, 60, 70 years, uh, I'd rather uh, say no thank you and uh, not be here anymore. And I actually woke up one morning with that thought in my head, and I thought, you know, that is just a really good idea. And uh, I, I realized then that I got a problem. You know, this is not the way life is supposed to be. I had a beautiful family. Um, I, I realized I, I had been um, not participating in, in my son's life as I should be. I was probably, you know, he was about eight years old at the time. I've been modeling this behavior for him for eight years, probably setting him up for a life of, you know, just feeling depressed and feeling angry and feeling anxious um, because that's what he's seen me do for eight years of his life. And so I thought, you know, I, if nothing else for my son, I, I need to figure a way out of this. I need to figure out a way of feeling better. Um, one of the things that really kind of slapped me upside the head was uh, I was starting to do some looking around, seeing what my, my issues were, and I was mm-hmm. reading the book, and it uh, there was a quiz in the book, and it was um, a quiz about depression that uh, one of the quizzes that psychiatrists will give you if uh, when you when you go to, to them and they're, they're trying to assess your situation. So I was reading this book, I thought, well, I'll take this little quiz, about 20-question quiz, and it's one of those ones where you... It has. Um, so wait, wait. Let, let's let's yeah. let's um, let me. Let, so was was this your turning point when you took this quiz? Yeah, it was. It was pretty much waking up that morning and and deciding I needed to find a a, a way out. And uh, um, I, I wasn't sure what to do. I, I wasn't sure where to go. I I was I was just was at the library and I picked up a book. Um, that I saw on the shelf. I thought, well, let's see what this is all about. And I was literally the day before I went off on a on a trip. I was kind of perusing this book, saw the quiz. I thought, well, this will let me know whether I'm really dealing with if what my issues are in, that I'm dealing with is depression. And, um, and so I started taking this quiz, and it's one of those ones where you uh, it's one to five. If, if one is you never feel like this, five is you always feel like like it, and uh, I, you add up your score at the end, and if you have a low score, then you don't have any issues. You're probably just going through the normal ups and downs of life. If you have a midway score, it's like, oh, you're probably touching on depression a little bit. Uh, nothing to worry about, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, you know, you know uh, it's, here's some things you can do. And then the uh, high score is like you need to seek some help. And so, so I, I took this quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so basically you took this quiz and you saw within the quiz that um, – you know, you really did fit the definition of what was defined in the quiz as depression, and you decided that you just didn't, at this moment in point time, you just didn't want to continue on that road and decided to yeah. do something about it. Now, can you define for the listeners what exactly depression, what what exact, what exactly is depression? Yeah, well, the thing with the depression is... Um, Depression, you know, I don't think there's any good emotions or bad emotions. They're just emotions. And as as human beings, we feel this this rainbow of of emotions all through our lives. And I, you know, there's certainly times when um, sadness is appropriate. There's times when grief is appropriate. There, there's times when anger is appropriate. Certainly times when stress is appropriate. 
um, when, when you find yourself in a, a danger situation. But the problem comes when those, what we deem negative emotions, become stagnant and become normal and they stop flowing in and out of our lives as, as a wave, but become a permanent part of, of, of our emotional set point. So yeah, maybe you'll feel good here and there, or, or maybe you feel totally horrible, but when you your baseline is this despair and this sadness, and when it turns into hopelessness and, and a feeling of helplessness, when you think that you know nothing's going to get better and there's nothing you can do about it, that's when the issue gets to a, a point where you need to do something about it. You need to start taking some action. And, you know, unfortunately, there's so many uh, different reasons why depression can be in your life. Maybe we can talk about um, So there's so many different ways you can have uh, depression can show up into your life. Um, but, in, but depression is more like your mind trying to get your, your body's attention, sort of, sort of the way the mind gets your body's attention through physical pain. Your body, your mind signals through physical pain to get your hand off the stove or to whatever the, the issue is. It's sort of the same with depression. It's signaling you sort of like the check engine light on your car, but just like the check engine on my car, it's not exactly telling you what the issues are. And that's why seeking some help or starting to uh, take some action steps towards dealing with it so you can start resolving the issue that that's being signaled to you is is paramount, and you you got to start doing stuff right away. So, do you um, think depression is caused by um, a per, is, are people predisposed genetically to depression, or? Um, well, that's actually really really good question because um, the the answer to that seems to have come to us uh, in in just uh, just recently. Um, the reason people think depression may be genetic is because um, d depression seems to run in families. and But then there's that whole question of whether that's modeled behavior kind of thing I was afraid of that I was doing to my son. Are you depressed because it's a, a genetic thing, a genetic switch has been thrown, or are you depressed because you've just been modeling your, your parents' behavior for the last uh, you know 15 years? So you think you – know, um, so. do do, now do you do, – is there any um, – physiological events that can occur in someone that can cause them to depress, you know, be depressed, you know, physiological. Yeah. Changes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's, there's lots of ways. And, and, you know, and, and it could be that um, people may be predisposed to being genetic, uh, to the genetics of depression. Um, they haven't found that there was a study that came out in uh, biological psychology uh, just in uh, January of 2013, and and what it's what they looked at uh, was about 35,000 volunteers. They looked at their genetics, and um, they're trying to find the genetic influences of depressions and persons vulnerability to depressions. 86 scientists from around the world looked at all this, and what they they didn't find anything. They couldn't come up with anything. This this massive effort to uncover the genes involved in depression pretty much failed, and the analysis came up with nothing. So it seems like genetics, while maybe you may be predisposed to depression, possibly, through your genes, something's going to have to throw that genetic switch. And there's 
and unfortunately, like that um, um, check engine light, uh, depression doesn't really tell you. And there's so many different ways. I mean, maybe we, do you want to go through some right now? Well, you know, I, I just um, I, I find it like inter- interesting that you know um, there's two kind of characteristics with regards to what you know can cause it. It could be something physiological, like maybe a hormonal imbalance or something like that. Um, or, you know, the other thought is that people are pre, uh, genetically predisposed to it. But then what I just heard from you was there may be a third possibility that people who, you know, children who grow up in a situation where, you know, they're experiencing a, a parent or caretaker that is depressed, will grow up and mimic the behavior even though, quote-unquote, they may not truly, you know, be depressed. It's just that's how they know as a way of life and that's how they know how to deal with stuff. So I thought that was really good that you shared that with, with that, you know, with me and the listeners because it just gives a little bit more awareness of, you know, how, how depression may manifest in someone's life. Now, you were going to talk yeah. about – you were going to talk about – um you know, if if a person, well, yeah, you were you were you weren't attracted to discuss how um, how things manifest. So go ahead and, and continue with that because that that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah, well, you know, of course, um, depression can manifest in your life if, if you're struggling with an emotional trauma. Um, you know, if you're you're coming up uh, with a, a memory. Of maybe some uh, an accident or a death of a, a parent, a, a loved one, uh, whether it's recently or maybe when you were a young child, you still have that memory in your head. Uh, if your your body is creating these memories, the stress could be uh, being reactivated over and over again of these traumatic episodes, with maybe some physical abuse or emotional abuse of some sort, maybe some sort of humiliation in in school or with with family in some way, and that stress level can create the, the cortisol levels in, in your body. And it seems that with a lot of depressed patients, somewhere like 68% of depressed individuals have a higher level of cortisol in their system uh, than people who don't have depression. And what's kind of cool about that is that once you relieve the, the stress levels, the cortisol levels in your bodily system, the depression goes away. Oh wow! It's going, it going to involve some work working with these uh, traumatic episodes. Right. Or like when uh, some sort of highly emotionalized event happens in your life, your your brain kind of goes into a a freeze response, and your brain downloads all the information it can in that instant into your body, into your brain, and it, it does that so it can deal with it later, and it does it so it can warn you. It will red flag these things. And that's why, for for instance, let's say your uh, your uh, sixth grade math teacher humiliates you in, in front of class uh, one day at school, and he's wearing a, a really bright red tie. Uh, and uh, maybe later on in life, you're you're at work, you're in your 40s, and you're at work, and and your your boss you just don't get along with, and and you just get really stressed out when your boss comes in. And but you realize you only get stressed when he's wearing that red tie. That's sort of similar to that teacher's. You don't correlate the two, but your mind, your subconscious mind does. So it can create those stressful situations. Oh right. And so that yeah, you know, so that if you're kind of reliving these 
these red flag episodes from that traumatic episode over and over again. You may not be realizing it, but it could be creating uh, situations that are setting you up for depression and anxiety. And, and oftentimes depression and anxiety uh, go hand in hand. They're, they're brothers in arms, so to speak. And oftentimes uh, a very anxious person who's dealing with panic attacks is also struggling with depression and or maybe it's the other way around. A depressed person is, is struggling with anxiety. Mm-hmm. But um, so you got the emotional traumas. And certainly you have uh, talked a little bit about it with the, the modeling behavior, this, these habitual negative thought patterns. Maybe we learn them through, from parents or from friends or just uh, somehow it is built upon each other over the years as you practice these things. It's, it's um you know, I don't know if you've watched, ever watched a, a little child learn to walk, a 12-month-old baby learn to walk. Yeah, and I it have. Takes all the all the conscious mind for that child to walk. It, it's got a, it's putting into uh, all its weight. Uh, it's got to uh, distribute the weight properly. It's got to move right foot, left foot, right foot without falling too far forward, without, you know, catching itself and falling too far back. It takes a lot of concentrated effort. Now we don't think about it. It's because we've practiced over and over, and those brain cells in our head have wired together. And you've heard that expression, brain cells that fire together, wired together. Well, these brain cells that fire together to walk have wired in a way that since we've practiced for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, you know, 80 years, we've been walking, they are now fast, they are now automatic, and it's become a subconscious uh, automatic habit. So well, are you they, saying like, that sometimes the, you know, the responses that people have um, can become, you know, they do it so often that it can become an automatic thing that, you know, whether good, bad, or indifferent, um, responds or manifests in the form of, um, you know, a depressive episode? Yeah, absolutely. Because your brain cells wire. Yeah, you're reading this exactly. You, the brain cells wire not only for physical acts like uh, learning to walk or learning to ride a bike or learning to play piano or um, any other kind of issue like that. But it also, these brain cells are wiring when you have thoughts and when you create emotions. That's how all that works. And if you practice over and over again the same thoughts, if you practice over and over again the same emotions, brain cells that fire together wire together. So the emotions that, that uh, the brain cells that fire together to create those emotions will wire and they'll hardwire and they'll go stronger, they'll grow faster, they'll become automatic, just like learning to walk, just like learning to drive a drive a stick shift in a car. And and same with the thoughts. So again, whether you know, it's, a, it's probably a whole um, you know, another conversation about how the brain deals with, with uh wiring, how that all comes about. But right. it, it creates it creates that mind filter. And maybe there's this great book by uh, Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and mm-hmm. it's called Flow. And what he shows in that book is really amazing, is that at any given point, we are receiving about 2 million bits of information a second. Yeah, That's perfect. From all of our senses, hearing, sight, uh, smell, touch, uh, you know, everything, billboards and commercials and, and people talking to us, and all this information is coming at us. Yet we are only able to process 126 bits of information. And so that the way we have programmed our mind, the way we have wired our brains, and a lot of that is coming from how we were brought up, how we, how we modeled the behavior of our parents, our, our siblings, from school, from, 
from uh, any sort of religious institution, anything like that, that has created our mind filter, how we've been taught to uh, relate to our world. And so that creates this 126-bit filter. So you can have 1.9 million bits of information coming at you telling you what a wonderful person you are and how everything is going your way, your success at everything you do, mm-hmm. but those will all not be allowed to enter because your filter has not been set up. Right. For those to access that, you'll just be, you'll just notice the, um, the lame things that you do and the mistakes that you oh, make. Right. Kind of, I was just going to say, you know, you can do a thousand things correct and you'll, you'll yeah. revel in it for a little bit, but that one thing that you do incorrect will be, as I say, sticking out like a sore thumb. It'll really, really be that bright star that you attach to. And I don't, you know, it's, it's amazing why that happens. You would think that all the good stuff would be more of a magnet, but it's really actually the opposite. So that one well, thing you, know, you have you to know people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you must know people that probably do see the good stuff. And, you know, the, occasionally they'll stub their toe and say, huh, stub my toe, but they'll move on really quickly. And they'll, they'll see the, the wonderfulness in life. You know, it, it's just the way they've programmed their minds, whether it was, whether they did it themselves recently, which you can do, or maybe that's just the, the way they grew up and, and with all the, their parents and siblings and, and grandparents and things. But it seems when you get into that depressed state, you just start getting all this, uh, well, this, it's distorted thinking. This is, there's a great quote by Dr. David Burns. He's the author of an amazing book called Feeling Good. And he says this, he says, depression is an illness that always results from thoughts that are distorted in some way. And, I gotta emphasize the word he says always, not sometimes or not every now and then or occasionally. He says depression is an illness that always results from thoughts that are distorted in some way. And so again, you go back to that mind filter, that 126 bits of information that you allow in. If that's distorting the reality of the situation, of oh, this reminds me of a a great uh, a great little story about how the mind can can trick you into things. Um, Several years ago, you know the soft drink 7-Up? Well, uh, several years ago, they wanted to do uh, a new marketing campaign. They wanted to kind of modernize the, the, the logo and, and redesign the can and all this. And so they came up with some new designs of the can. And uh, they decided to do some market research, so they brought some people into uh, a, a research uh, facility. And what they had is a, a clear glass of 7-Up and a, and a form. And a, and a pin, and they wanted the people to drink the 7-Up and fill out the form and how they liked the 7-Up and was it bubbly enough and how it tastes and what was their experience. Well, kind of off uh, a little behind uh, in front of them, I should say, was the new can design. Well, they didn't emphasize the can design. All they wanted was drink the 7-Up and how they liked, liked to drink. Well, what what came out of that was really startling in that people were really upset that they had changed the taste of, of the 7-Up. They, they thought they had done a new Coke and they'd gone and changed the recipe and now it tastes horrible. They don't like it. There's too much lemon flavor in it now. And why can't they just go back to the way it was because that's what they like. But they didn't change the recipe of the drink at all. All they did was added 15% more yellow to the can. And the mind, by not under, not being able to grasp the concept that the can design was what was changed. It changed the taste of the 7-Up, even though 
the uh, the recipe was exactly the same. And so that's just a quick little example of what the brain can do to distort information when when something is, is not right. And, and what was right there was just they didn't understand the colors. But when your your mind has this, this situation of too much anxiety, too much depression, too much sadness, too much hopelessness, imagine what it can do to really distort the reality of what's going on in your life. So that's uh, habitual negative thought patterns. There's also, like I said before, emotional trauma that you could be going through. And uh, another thing, so you, we kind of talk, touched on it, you mentioned it before, there's kind of the physiology of depression in that um, things like um, food. Let's start with food. Well, you know, I want to I want to go back to the story because I, I think that is really um, a really good story with with regards to the Seven Up as to how you know you take you things are interpreted whether they're you know true or not it's the way things are interpreted and even though they did not change the recipe they never mentioned anything about changing the can what the people saw was the change in the can and somehow process that or assume that the recipe had been changed and actually, in their mind, physically tasted the change in the recipe. But in reality, there was no change. So it's really, you know, um, fascinating how the brain processes things. And especially when it, like, you know, comes to depression, you know, some people have something that happens to them that, you know, puts them in a depressive state or episode, and then someone else will have the exact thing same thing happened to them, and they just go forward. And when you take those two people and you ask them what they experienced, even though it was the exact same thing, they'll, again, give you two different scenarios. The depressive person will pick out, you know, something that was really negative and magnify that and, and get really sad or, you know, uh, detach from that. And the other person will pick out the the positive stuff. So I, I think that 7-Up story is really really a good story that you shared with the listeners because I think it gives them a context of how unique we all are and how, you know, sometimes what we perceive to be true is really a distorted reality of what we see. Now, in this part of the show, I just want to take the time to, uh, you know, acknowledge one of our sponsors of the show, which is 21 Drops. And we will get back to Craig in just a minute. But And when we get back to Craig, we're going to move into um, – some cures with regards to medications and, and other ways to uh, help people come out of their depressive states. Now, 21 Drops is an essential oil company that has some fabulous essential oils. They believe that essential oils are the root of it all, benefiting the mind, the body, and the spirit. And they know that when they extract the highly concentrated molecules from the various parts of the plants, such as the leaves, fruit, wood, seeds, and flowers, that they get the plant's uh, immune system as well as the survival mechanisms that have helped this plant to survive over time. Now, because man and plants have um, evolved alongside each other for many, many centuries, they kind of share the same chemistry. So once man, humans, once we either inhale or absorb into the bloodstream, the essential oils, they interact with our body and they create balance and wellness. And that is defined as the science of aromatherapy. It's one of the principles that aromatherapy is based upon. 
At 21 Drops, they source all of their essential oils from organically grown herbs or plants collected sustainably from all over the uh, globe. They use distillers from all over the world that believe in growing the plants in a 100% organic environment so that 21 Drops is able to extract the most pure, clean, organic, therapeutic essential oils from the part of the plant that they're doing that from. Now, 21 Drops has a philosophy, and they believe that they are creating these wonderful blends of essential oils to treat anything from headache to heartache. They have customized blends specifically to treat, like I said, anything from headache to heartache. So their their true essence is that they believe that the incredible power and the purity of the essential oils are good for our therapeutic uses, but also what they believe is the essential oils that they create empower their friends and customers to feel better and be better. And that, my friends, is absolutely fabulous. So if you're looking for an essential oil or you're looking for a customized blend to treat something you may have from headache to heartache, I highly suggest that you check out 21drops.com. That's the number 21, the word drops with an S, dot com. Check them out, and I'm sure you will find something very yummy to help create balance and wellness in your mind, body, and spirit. And now I want to get back to Craig and our discussion with regards to depression. I want to shift um, a little bit, Craig, and I want to talk about um, the medications that, uh, you know, or, or in general, medications that people, uh, physicians put people on that they believe are clinically depressed. Now, I know that if you go to a physician, they're going to give you a prescription. No, you know, they're not, you're not going to walk away without a prescription. I've seen it uh, time and time again, being a healthcare professional. And, um, and so I want to talk about that. Do you believe that antidepressants cure depression? Um, well, before I start, let me let me just kind of uh, let everybody know I'm I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a neuroscientist, I'm not a I'm brain surgeon. I, I'm I'm just a guy who struggled with depression for a really long time and and found my way out. And once I got my way found my way out, I ended up with this toolbox full of information about how depression uh, comes into somebody's life or and how antidepressants work and, and some proven methods for ending it. And antidepressants alone could be a, a three-hour conversation. Um, but let me just kind of give you a, a quick little rundown on antidepressants and then give you some ways to get some more information um, about it. Basically what um, antidepressants are doing is um, there are – when brain cells communicate to each other, they send out little chemical signals called neurotransmitters. And uh, a little arm will reach out from one brain cell and reach out to another, and it'll kind of, it won't touch the next brain cell, but it'll kind of just hover over it and fog that or, or mist that brain cell with a chemical signal. And that chemical will signal the, the receiving brain cell to either create an action or to relay the message uh, onto another brain cell. And this is going on by, by the milliseconds, well, tens and hundreds of thousands of times per millisecond uh, all over your brain doing all sorts of different things. 
One of those chemical neurotransmitters is called serotonin. And serotonin is used by the brain for uh, a few different things, but one of the most famous ones is to create happiness in your life. Um, now, once that chemical has been released and missed that chemical over the uh, other neuron, it will get sucked back in. It will be vacuumed back up by the sending neuron, by the sending brain cell. It's called reuptake. It will suck out, uh, suck, uh, vacuum back up all the excess. And uh, what antidepressants do, this this latest stage or this newest versions of antidepressants that have been around since the, the, the late 80s, Prozac and, and Paxil and all those, Luvox, all those mm-hmm. are called selective selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And as the name implies, what it does is prevents that um, sending neuron from vacuuming back up the excess serotonin. So the idea is that you're just going to mist and fog your brain with this excess serotonin. And um, there are a lot of issues that come about with that. Uh, a lot of side effects come about with um, uh, ner- uh, antidepressants. About 86% of the people who go on antidepressants suffer from a side effect and things like dry mouth, to hallucinations, to headaches, to about something like 70, 75% of people have some form of sexual dysfunction while on antidepressants. Uh, insomnia, weight gain, um, uh, abdominal pain, uh, anxiety, even depression. Antidepressants can cause depression in some people. Uh, some people actually get suicidal thoughts while in on on antidepressants. And, you, and, and, and I just want to, Craig, I just want to step in for a minute and let the listeners know, we're just giving you, again, you know, we're just giving you information. But if you ever listen to or watch TV and listen to some of the commercials where they're advertising, the big pharmaceutical companies are advertising medications for depression or cholesterol or whatever it may be, they always give the disclaimer with regards to the side effects. And a lot of times what you'll find is, Sometimes the side effects can cause other problems that are that make the depression even worse. So if you are out there and you're suffering from any type of depression or you think you may be, I highly suggest as a healthcare professional to research any type of medication that your physician wants to put you on so you have a full gamut of information when you go in there to discuss that and you, you're well aware of what could happen or what could not happen. Not saying that all side effects will happen to everyone, but during the clinical trials uh, that the pharmaceutical companies do when they're manufacturing their, the drug to make sure it's appropriate for what they're recommending, the side effects are things that occur out of that test population that they utilize. So not everyone gets all of them. One person may have got one of each of those, so to speak. Um, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. There may have been everybody that may have experienced a different one of those side effects and um, so that's that's why they have to document that stuff but it's always 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 good to really research a little bit of the medication that is being prescribed to you for no, no matter what it's for so that you go in well educated and can make the best decision for you at that time don't ever let anyone push something on you that you're not comfortable with taking okay because there's always a different Remedy. There's always another drug out there, and I am speaking from my heart as a nurse and a healthcare professional and a uh, Ayurvedic health practitioner. That the best way to take care of yourself is to be fully educated. 
and that way you're able to yeah. make the best decisions for yourself. Absolutely, and this is, you know, it's your life, it's it's your brain, it's your responsibility, and this is kind of, I kind of see this as equal time from the millions and millions of dollars that gets put into um, marketing for the antidepressants, and, you know, a lot of people go to the doctor, a lot of antidepressants are prescribed by a general practitioner who might not understand, uh, um, not not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a general practitioner, you got 10 minutes and and you're you know I'm tired I'm fatigued I'm I'm, I'm not feeling well I'm sad okay here's a prescription neck you know neck on to the next person and something like 33 percent of women who go to the doctor walk away with a prescription for an antidepressant yeah and there's something there's something wrong there and because a lot of the issues aren't because of a lack of serotonin in the brain things like you could even something like a food allergy. Um, Something like a, you know, maybe you you you're, you painted your house, or you got some toxicity in your your system, or or you you fall off a, a bicycle or, or off a ladder, and you kind of bonked your head. Having a concussion uh, can can lead to depression. And so when a doctor puts you on a, a antidepressant, it's just it's not it's kind of like masking, putting duct tape over that check engine light. Right. And it's not really solving a problem. It might and because of the the possibilities of of Side effects, you might be making the matter worse. And, and there's, and I wanted to, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but if you want more information about antidepressants, um, a lot of great books. There's, there's one called um, uh, The Emperor's New Drugs Exploding the Antidepressant Myth by Dr. Irving Kirsch, an amazing doctor who did a lot of research and actually looked at the um, studies done by the pharmaceutical companies that were submitted to the FDA. They weren't published uh, in the medical journals, but they were submitted to the F- FDA. He actually had to get a Freedom of Information Act to get the Yeah, thanks. Can you say, can you say, research through these studies. Can you, Craig, can you just mention the title of that book and the author again? I, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, The Emperor's New Drugs. Okay. And um, it's by Irving Kirsch. His last name is K-I-R- S-C-H. Um, there's a couple others I want to mention too, but with his story, he found out that placebos were working just as well as the antidepressant drugs in relieving depression. And um, there's a lot of a lot of research gone uh, on since he put this out to look at that. There's even a study published by the Public Library of Science, and this is a quote from, from their study. It says, the findings suggest that compared with placebo, the new generation antidepressants do not produce clinically significant improvements in depression depression in patients. And there's a study after study after study that, that show this. Another uh, great book is called Let Them Eat Prozac. And uh, there's another one called um, Myth of a Chemical Cure. There's probably a good eight, nine books about antidepressants going into the research and, and uh all the stuff that it does to the brain. This is just a quick little introduction. And, and like you just said, Rochelle, you, you got to study. you got to do your research. you got to do yeah. your due diligence before you start. Because it, it can, it's hard to get off these things. I've had some friends. The reason I, I actually started off on my search was because I knew some people on antidepressants, and it looked horrible. Right. Uh, they're, they're having all sorts of problems. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's not the solution. What can be done? And uh, maybe here in a, in a minute we could uh, get into some uh, things that, that are helpful. But, um, uh, you know, just, just 
going to the doctor, and which is great, but you know you couldn't ha- have hypothyroidism. Yeah, hypothyroidism see, it, disguises it, itself as depression. Yeah, know? there could be because a lot of a lot of, and you're yeah. right, Craig. There could be a lot of different things that cause it. And of course, yeah. in that 15 minutes that the doctor has with you, um, there's no way. <laughs> You know, there's no way yeah. they're going to, you're going to go in there telling them some generalized symptoms that could, could be a variety of symptoms for a variety, very many, 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 many illnesses, you know, yeah. fatigue, um, you know, insomnia, weight gain or weight loss, uh, lethargy, melancholy, you know, all that stuff can manifest from a, a variety of things, a, a um, thyroid imbalance, you know, something going on within the brain, not depressive-wise, but maybe you might have, you know, shortage of blood flow or tumor or, you know, liver imbalance or whatever the case may be. And that's why I'm just like on a mission to educate people that you have to be educated yourself because that's the, you're, no one's going to take care of you like you can take care of yourself. And the more knowledge and information you have, it just makes it a lot more easier to navigate the healthcare industry as we transition into you know, different types of health care. So, you know, Craig has given some great books to go ahead and take a look at if this is a something interest to you or you'd like more knowledge for yourself or a family member or someone you love and care about. Great information. And not saying that antidepressants are bad because they are good, but it's just having that knowledge behind in, in really knowing if if it's something you really need to do or if it's something not because, you know, there are, are alternative methods to help with just about everything and they have success rates too. So just being able to arm yourself with the best information possible helps to make things just a little bit less stressful for you. Now, I want to ask you, Craig, um, <laughs> this is a great time in the show to get get to, you know, some other methods outside of medication, you know, and the utilization of antidepressants that may be helpful to someone that might be stre- uh, struggling with depression. Right. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. Well, since we were kind of on, um, uh, we were talking about the serotonin with, with the antidepressants, I wanted uh-huh. to just yeah. a, couple of, a couple of supplements. These are things, uh, some uh, sort of like vitamins that you can find at your, your health food store. And and one of these was actually a, a godsend to me, really, really helped me start doing the research and uh, started experimenting with different things. Now, one of the things I tried was a supplement called 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. And this is something that actually naturally occurs within the body, but you have to have enough tryptophan in your body in order to produce 5-HTP, and then the 5-HTP goes on to produce, help produce serotonin. Well, you get tryptophan, that, that thing in turkey uh, or chicken or uh, any kind of kind of bird uh, fowl that you eat that um, supposedly makes you sleepy if you eat too much of it. <laughs> well, if your body's not getting enough tryptophan, then it can't make 5-HTP, then it can't make uh, serotonin. So you can take supplements, 5-HTP supplements, and it was it was a godsend to me. You could actually I would take uh, these supplements and you could feel the darkness. You could feel the heaviness just lifting. Um, and there's actually a, a quote here I'd like to read to you. There's a, a bunch of research that's been done. Uh, one of the studies was done uh, on 99 patients who and these uh, patients have been severely depressed on an average of nine years. 
uh, and almost half of them uh, achieved complete recovery, while others experienced significant improvement after taking 5-HTTP. So patients who may have been depressed, uh, you know, maybe up to 15, 16 years, severely depressed. And here's what uh, the lead researcher said about 5-HTP. I have never in 20 years used an agent which, one, was so effective so quickly, two, restored the patient so completely to the person they had been and their partner sit down, and three, was so entirely without side effects. Uh, there's another one called SAM-E. It's uh, capital S, capital A, capital N, little e. It's actually on the cover of Newsweek. And a study in the American Journal of Psychiatry found SAM-E a safe, effective antidepressants with few side effects and a rapid onset of action. Now, I've known people who have tried 5-HTP. It didn't work. It's SAM-E did. Uh, yeah, I know. I know people who have. For me. I've known people yeah, who've yeah. tried Sammy too that um, uh, was suffering from you know depression and it completely worked for them. It it, it yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal well, and it's natural. Yeah, and so it's, like, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. The body's produced it, and so you know, five HTP worked for me. Uh, Sammy did not. I know people who Sammy worked for them. Five HTP didn't. It's one of those things you got to experiment with. Uh, even taking omega-3 fatty acids has been known to, and again, that goes back to a, a nutritional thing. You know, if your body's uh, lacking in vitamin B6, vitamin B12, um, vitamin B1, uh, vitamin C, uh, you may remember from uh, high school history class that uh, sailor's disease from the 17th century, uh, scurvy, uh, one of the um, uh signs that you're getting scurvy was you're depressed. And scurvy is, you know, low vitamin C. Um, low vitamin D. And here, well, actually, let's talk about low vitamin D. Um, at least here in America, something like 70% of, of people are vitamin D deficient. Mm, and yes. vitamin B is what you get when you're out in the sunshine and your, your body is absorbing the sun. Well, nowadays, we're slathering on the uh, sunscreen even if we get outside. Uh, depending on where you live, um, you need somewhere around half an hour to an hour of full body exposure to the sun. That means in your bathing suit, out in the sunshine. Um, of course, in the winter time, you're not going to get that. You're wearing long sleeves, jackets, hats, uh, long pants, and that's where seasonal affective disorder probably comes from. Is you're uh, you're not getting enough light on your skin through your eyes, and so. Uh, you can take vitamin D supplements, either in liquid form or uh, pill form. Another thing you can try is a light box. It's a full-spectrum light therapy box. If you just looked up a light therapy box on the Internet, you'd get all sorts of great information about it. You also actually go to my website, depression180.com forward slash light therapy. There's some articles and various uh, uh, light therapy boxes you can look at, all different kind of prices, but Basically, the idea is is that if you ever seen the sun, a sunbeam go through a prism and it breaks into the rainbow, mm. well, that rainbow is a full spectrum. Well, our incandescent bulbs and our fluorescent bulbs, my God, I, I need a drink of water. Um, take a drink, take a drink. They, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know we're getting towards the top of the hour, so I'm trying to, I'm going to start dropping vowels here in a second. Um <laughs> Uh, I know the, uh, the those bulbs don't carry the full spectrum. Well, they've invented bulbs that can. And you sit in front of this uh, little box, and uh, you sit it on your desk, so you're in front of the computer or you're reading or something. You have to be within 12 
20 inches of it. But that full spectrum hits your eyes, and it creates the vitamin D. And, and uh, my wife actually bought me one. She saw one at the store, thought she'd try it since I was struggling so much. I plugged that thing in, and after about, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, it, it felt like I had drunk two cups of coffee. At my energy level was up. I felt good. I felt terrific. And it, it's little things like that. And now, you know, I tried the 5-HCP. That helped. I I, I tried the other things like the light therapy box. I improved my diet. I started drinking more water and cutting out the caffeine. Um, I started, oh, exercise is a big one, big one, big one, big one. You've got to move your body. I know exercise is a dirty word to a lot of people, but if you've got to find a way to move your body, whether it's going out dancing at night or uh, you're taking a, some sort of class like Zumba or uh, Nia or a jazzercise kind of thing or riding your bike or taking a walk at lunchtime. You've got to find a way to move your body. Our bodies are meant to move. We're, we're hunters and gatherers and agricultural people, and this is the way our bodies have, have developed, and now we just sit in front of our desks and then go home to sit in front of the TV and sit in our cars. We have to move our bodies. Study after study after study shows that exercise relieves the depression systems almost as much as 50% uh, in some people. Um, you know, even if you're just to, to find a couple friends that you can hook up with uh, uh, during the week and say, you know, 3 o'clock we're going to the gym or at lunchtime on Tuesday we're going to take a walk because, you know, sometimes you'll show up for a friend when you won't show up for yourself. So if you make that commitment to, to a group of people to say, let's go exercise and do some stuff and, and, and start getting into it because this research shows that 70% of all depressed patients respond to an exercise program. And exercise, so, I, I'm you know, going to chime in on that one. Exercise yeah. is a phenomenal way, phenomenal way to brighten your mood. It is the most easiest thing to do, and it's phenomenal in that it not only brightens your mood and lifts you up or is very uplifting to you, but it's so good for your body as well. So at at what with one thing, you can take care of your mind and your body. I know there are times that some of my clients have told me that They've been really depressed or sad and not saying they're clinically depressed or anything, but just having, a, you know, a moment and, uh, you know, heard my little voice telling them to, to get to the gym or go out for a walk in nature or something like that. Do some exercise, get that cardiovascular system moving. And even though they fought it when they did it, they felt 100% better. They may have been sad or depressed before and afterwards that sadness or depression did not exist or they felt completely uplifted. So, again, if you don't take anything from this show and you have little bouts of where you're having these episodes of depression, go out and take get some good exercise, increase your oxygen capacity, fill your body with some good, nice oxygen, get the blood moving, and really uplift your mood um, because exercise is free. And it's so beneficial yeah. to our mind and our body. Right, Craig? Yeah. Well, and, and what you kind of hit me with there, what, what, I was, what I was thinking about when I was listening to you, is like what we're talking about here is, is lifestyle change. And the results you have in your life now, and specifically today we're talking about depression and your mood, is, is due to the actions you've taken in the past. And whether that's, you know, Maybe you've had some emotional trauma, you've got some uh, habitual negative thinking patterns going on, maybe it's a food issue, maybe something's in the past has been going on and these are the results you got. You can change your results, but you have to take some action. And 
I'm not talking. It's, it's not like you know uh, when you when you're on a diet, and this is why my personal uh, belief why a lot of diets don't work for people is because they're not making the lifestyle change. They eat the salad for two weeks and it's like, okay, that's over. I lost the 10 pounds. And then they go back to the, the cookies and, and the um, um, fried foods. And, Very and true. And things like that. Very true. And this is something that's like, you don't like your results. Here's what's going to have to happen. It's like that great uh, quote from, uh, is, it, is it Einstein, from Albert Einstein. It's like, you cannot solve a problem from the same consciousness that created it. Got to see the world anew, and you. In other words, you cannot create your new life with the same mind and and thinking patterns that create the life you have now. So, you got to start thinking. It's like, well, you're going to have to start. Just this is it. You're going to have to start adding an exercise. You're going to have to start reading labels and changing your diet. You're going to have to start doing things like like um, trying the uh, the um, uh, supplements and and maybe the the uh, uh, light box therapy or you know and definitely. You know, don't do this alone. Um, you know, the, the, being a being a guy, um, I, I like to do things all by myself, or somehow I think it doesn't it doesn't um, account or something. But I I only started making massive progress, and and not just in dealing with my depression, but in other things, business and 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 other things. When when I started bringing in people to help me, you know, whether it was uh, you know being a coach. Or getting a mastermind group together, or getting some friends together and discussing strategies on not only how to do with business or marketing, but you know, uh, kids and 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 food and exercise and people to support you. And that's another big one. Um, having a good support. The top of yeah. the hour, but yeah. you know, who are you hanging around? You know, are your friends constantly complaining? And and again, it's it's like that that programming. You, you got that mind filter. Are the people you're around complaining and whining and being a, a victim, or are they being supportive and helpful? And and are you guys patting each other on the backs when when you do have your successes? Because a, a lot of who you hang around, emotions are contagious. You know that person who comes into the office or into the party who just lifts everything up, and you want to be around that person. You know that person who comes into the meeting or or into work, or into party, and it's just like, oh, yeah. brings the whole room down. Because they're, you're absorbing that energy. And I'm sure you probably talked about this on your show. It's like they, you absorb that energy, and and those emotions are contagious. So you really got to look at who, who are you spending your time with, you know? Well, thank you for sharing that, Craig. And, and I think it's a perfect spot to, to end for today because, um, you know, you gave us a lot of information. You gave us some background. You gave us some biophysiological stuff. Even though you, you know you're just a you say a regular old guy, you just have had personal experience with this. So it's always nice to get something from the horse's mouth, so that, so to speak. Um, you know, yeah. you talked about the anti-depression uh, medications. You gave us information about different books that people can get that will help them to understand more about antidepressants or just um, being depressed in general. Um, you gave us ways uh, what are nat natural and holistic, how people can uh, incorporate them into their lives so that they can, you know, stay blissfully well in mind and body and, you know, help uplift them if they're suffering from depression. You gave us some holistic remedies such as the, um, you know, information about how tryptophan produces 5-HTP and how you can get that, and as well as the SAM-E 
and the omega-3 fatty acids. You gave us a wealth of information, which I hope is going to enlighten those that may be listening that might know someone suffering from depression that they could share this information or share this show with or themselves or their family members you know, listen to the show and you feel free to listen to the show over and over and over again until you get all the information that you need from it. I'm sure Craig would mind. And with that, I'd like to say, Craig, can you tell the audience how uh, they can get more of you or, you know, get pick, pick up your books or, you know, uh, find out more about your program? Yeah, absolutely. The, the best way is to go to uh, my website, which is depression180.com, and that's the numbers 180 depression180.com. Uh, there's uh, right there on that homepage, there's some free audio downloads. I go into massive depth uh, about the, the four real causes of depression and more about the antidepressants so with some MT3 downloads you can get. Uh, and then up at the top, you'll see a link to my YouTube channel, and there's tons of uh, you know free videos on you know more information about the proven ways to get out of depression and, and lots of stuff like that. So that would probably be the best way to start. Okay, you guys, so you have it from Craig, Craig Merriweather. You can go to his site, depression180.com. Again, that's depression180.com. Check out what he has for you. He has some good information there that I'm sure will help you to help those that you need to help that are struggling with depression. And as always, I would like to thank Craig, for being a guest on the show. It's fabulous and it was very nice to have you. And thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us during this hour. Um, Thank you, Rashad. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you so much. This is a very, very good topic and, you know, sometimes can be sensitive. And you just gave so much information. I know that it's going to help at least someone out there listening. So thanks again for being here. And I want to thank all of you listeners for being here today as well and listening to the show. I hope that you were enlightened and got some information or became a little bit more aware of just about depression so that you can help someone, you know, feel better, be better, and look better as well. And I would love for you to tune into next week's show where there's going to be another expert helping us to have a blissful life um, and be healthy and well. For now, I'm going to wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Have a fabulous week, and I look forward to seeing, sharing, and being with you all next week. This is Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and you have been listening to Blissful Living. Take care for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.